bless you. We greet each and every one of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are happy to be here this morning. And then um, let us just um, turn to our Bibles and just read the word. Not going to be long this morning. Um, if you can turn with me into the book of First Samuel chapter 13. First Samuel chapter 13. First Samuel chapter 13. And then if you've got it, it reads as thus from verse 7. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 7, the Bible says, And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. And as for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. And verse 8, the Bible says, And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. I want you to take notice there. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. In verse 10, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of Offering the bent offering, behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. Verse 11, and Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. And then verse 12 says, Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I have forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And verse 13, Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which commanded thee. For now will the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. Let us bow our heads. Gracious, eternal, heavenly Father, we thank you once more this morning. The word has been read, heavenly Father. May you circumcise our ears and our lips, almighty God. May you bless thy children, heavenly Father. We say bless the word. We commit everything into thy capable hand. We pray, heavenly Father, we say, come and speak to thy children, heavenly Father, as you speak to me also, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, and commit everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and all the church shall agree by saying, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. While once more, we greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, this morning, when we got some few messages from um, the brothers that will not be here, and here the pastor has got other brothers that side, I thought, hey, the church is going to be empty here today. And then, um, but when I came here, I saw Brother so I know he's got always energy. God bless you, sir. He always has got an energy. It reminds me of a brother that we used to, to worship with him. His name is Jameson Mashaila. And then we, 
we we were there by the school at the location, and then he he was my chorus leader. So we we will be there, and then it was the school. Mind you, it's unlike here. Here you can come here and have a service; nobody will see you. But there it was a school. Everybody is welcome to come. The children they come and study, and then we've got a service on a Sunday. And he will be my chorus leader. I will be sitting there. We come there. We are on time. We know that we have to be on time. My brother and we were only two. So we were a church. And he will come there. He was my chorus leader. He will sing with his energy. He will sing. And then I will be there. And I will be his congregation. Tempe hands. And then, and amen. And then he will, he will sing. And then people will come and look at the windows. And have, these brothers, these guys. What's wrong? 20 years back, I mean... More than, and then we will sing, and then he will sit down, there will come my time. Then I will be a preacher, I will be preaching for him. We take the offering, and that, that, that was nice about that, because now, even if we take the offering, there is no way that you don't give anything, because we are only two. There has to be something that you give him. Amen? And you have to sing when they sing, and no one is going to the restroom. Imagine that I'm now preaching, then he has to go out. Amen. He has to sit there until the service is finished. Amen. And also when he's leading the choruses, there is no way that I must go outside. Because now he's going to sing alone. Amen. And we, we only two. And sometimes we will be joined by Brother Michael Malaka. But usually he, he used to work for... We used to work shifts, and then we will only be two. Sometimes we are three. Then it becomes much more better. Amen? Amen. So, but, um, you know, when things like that happens, they prepare you for something. They build a character in you. And then we, we called ourselves a church, me and my brother. We said, no, we are a church. If we are not there, there is no church. So the school wasn't a church. This building is not a church. That's why Brother Brenham says, you are the church. Amen. So um, it was an awesome thing that we were doing there. And then, but God has been a blessing throughout those, all those years. And he's still a blessing. Amen. I'm not going to be long this morning. You know, our pastor is out. And then we'll be back on Wednesday. And then I just want to take your attention upon a few scriptures here that we're going to read and then a few quotations, and then we're going to speak this morning. Amen? And my first quotation and then is in the book <clears throat> called At Thy Weight, and then it's paragraph 7, and then Brother Brenham says here, and then <clears throat> paragraph 7 says, On the scripture tonight, Jesus was trying to teach the apostle Peter how to take his weight. Now, here sometimes it is at when you are absolutely at the end of the rope when he speaks to you. As I was speaking this afternoon of the Hebrew children, they were right in the very furnace before the Lord ever moved a hand. But he's always on time. That will be my little subject this morning. God is always on time. And for a, a subtitle, I'll say, waiting period. But my subject will be, oh God, it's always on time. There's <clears throat> no way that God will, he's always on time in anything that is happening. God is always on time. And Brother Brenham says, I quote again in 
The message God keeps his word, paragraph 64, Brother Brenham says, Now God promised Abraham 400 years that his people will certain in a strange land, and when the time of the promise drew nigh, God has everything ready to meet. And oh, I just love that. When I think of that, just as the crucial time, he's not one minute late. He's always just on time. So he gave the promise to Abraham that the, the children will be there in Egypt for 400 years. And God remembered he will always be on time to come and deliver his own children. And we know that Brother Brenham says in the message teaching on Moses, he says, before Moses was born, there was his parents called Abraham and Jogobeth. He says, Brother Brennan says, when he dramatized, he says, now, now this man was a prayer warrior. He used to pray because he remembered that God made a promise. Even if they were suffering in Egypt, but he knew that God made a promise that God is ne- will never be late or he will never be early because he is always on time. Amen? And Brother Brennan says, this man, always he came and he prayed. He asked his own wife to pray. He asked the other brethren to pray with him that God will answer our prayer. Amen. And Brother Brennan says, but while he was praying, that is when our Pharaoh was even increasing the load of what they were doing. Amen. Imagine now always when he came back to work and he tells his wife that let us pray. He tells his own brethren that let us pray because there was a burden upon him to pray. Amen. Amen. And then Brother Brenham says now, you see something, each and every person will be like Emrem. They were there, they were praying with him. They were there, his wife was praying with him. But imagine each and every day when they come back to work and they come and they gather, they pray. After that, tomorrow morning, Pharaoh will come and come with another degree, decree. Yeah. We'll tell them, now, you are not working enough. I want to increase the load of the children of Israel that they need to work much more. He will increase the workload that they've been doing after the prayer. So imagine if we pray for something, we come every single day, we gather together upon a particular time, we come together, we pray. And after praying, it becomes worse. So it happened that even his wife, he said, one day when they were praying and they were praying, and Pharaoh ended up saying, even their wives, they need to start working now. And worst part of it, he kept on saying, and he said, now even their children, because we see that they are increasing much, we want their children, their boy children, to be killed while the man has been praying. Amen? So I wonder that if somebody that you invited him to pray with you, he will keep on praying with you. He will still come to the prayer, to the prayer meeting. Because whatever that we are praying for, it becomes worse. There is not even a sign. And people will, not, will end up saying, is there any God? If he is there, what is he doing? Because we are suffering. Imagine in Egypt, people were suffering. You see, sometimes we, when you read the Bible, but imagine and take yourself and go back to Egypt and think for yourself things that they were happening there. 
Now we are praying as a church and then the degree, the degree comes and say, even our children will be killed. I think most of us will ask, where is that God? That every day we are praying, we are fasting, we are asking him, but he doesn't come on the sea. But he's always on time. Our, pers- our perspective might see things differently, but God is always on time. He will come on the scene at the right time. He will come and deliver his own children. He will come and fulfill his own promise to his own people. Amen. He is God. He doesn't lie. And the messenger of the hour says, now while things were becoming worse, amen, and this little Moses was born. And while he was born, then it came time that they must come. And they heard, the people heard that there was a child in, Mo- in, in Abraham, in Amram's home, and they wanted to come and kill him. But before he can be killed, Brother Brenham says, they had to prepare, they had to make a decision that they need to give him back to God. Amen? They need to take him away from themselves, and they need to take him back to God. Amen? Because he was a child that was promised. They knew that they would have a child, and he has to be a deliverer. Amen? And Brother Brenham says, it was not so nice, it was not so good at that day. Because they had to call Aaron, they had to call Miriam to come and say bye-bye to their little brother. He was still a young man, and everybody comes and cry upon the, upon the child and say bye-bye my little brother. Amen? He was not yet even Moses, because we, are, we know that the word Moses, I mean the name Moses, he got it from Pharaoh's daughter. Amen? So now they had to say, even the, that little brother doesn't, doesn't even have a name. But there is a God that we, he promised that he will take care of us. Amen. Now the family had to gather together and they kneel down and they pray for the little baby. Amen? And say bye to our little brother. Amen? Amen. Now they say, Brother Brenham said, now Amram, as a man of God that believed in God, he says, now he made a little ark and then he put Moses there. And then he said, now he put him there in the Nile River. And Brother Brenham says, imagine the crocodiles that were there. They get used to the flesh of a human being. They, because they were children, all the children that they got killed, they threw them into the Nile River. Now, the crocodiles now, they knew the flesh of a human being. Amen. So they wanted now, but now they they had to take the child to the Nile River. But it was God that he has to take care of the child. Amen. Amen. And Brother Brenham says now, watch. He says now, while it was happening there in Abraham's family, that they were praying, they were crying. He says, in heaven, God made a meeting now. He called a meeting and he called his angels together and says, look what is happening down there. Amen. So whatever that is happening to us, but in heaven, God is looking upon us. Whatever that we are going through, but we must always remember that God is looking at us. Amen? And then he will come and deliver us at the right, at the appropriate time. God will come down. Amen? Amen. 
And then he says now, and he called all his angels, and all his angels, they, they had to say that we want to go down there and protect the little child. Amen? But God was not satisfied about the angels. He says, I will come down myself. I will go and protect the little boy. So at the right time, God descended and he came to protect the little child. Amen. So he's always on time. Now he gave the promise and then he will make sure that he will keep that promise. Amen. And Brother Brenham says, now imagine after the story and after Moses grew, and we remember that what happened is that now um, the daughter of Pharaoh got hold of Moses and then he took Moses and then they ultimately they got the mother of Moses to come and take care of uh, Moses. Oh, Brother Brenham says, imagine now he was there and he was getting paid to take care of his own child. Yeah. But now I want you to realize something here. Brother Brenham says, then it happened that Moses' mother taught him something. While he was growing, he was telling him that, Moses, you must understand that you are not an Egyptian, but you are a Hebrew. And then you must understand, Moses, that you have been born for a particular purpose. You are not just an ordinary child. We prayed for you, and then you are born for a particular purpose. You've got a mission that you need to accomplish. And Moses grew up with that particular thought in his own mind that I'm a deliverer of the children of Israel in Egypt. And that is why Moses tried his own plan. So it wasn't that Moses just killed a a, a particular Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian because he believed that he was a deliverer. So he believed that that is the only thing that he can do to be able to take the children out of Egypt. So what he was doing, he was trying his level best because he was taught by his own mom. But it was not at the right time of God. Amen. So he was the right person. The right man that he was born for a particular purpose and he was there and he was supposed to do what he was trying to do. But what he was trying to do at that particular time, it was not yet time. So we need to wait. And then Brother Brenham says, now during this, this waiting period, that is where certain things happened here. Amen. So during this, there was a promise that was made. Now, before the promise can be fulfilled, now there is a waiting period here. Before God can come at his own time, there is a period that is a waiting period here. That is where certain things happen there. Because man can wait for God's time. Now, Moses took it upon himself to try and deliver the children of Israel. And remember, Brother Brenham says Moses was the most educated uh, kid in, in, in Egypt. So he had all these things. He was, when they taught him the military and everything, it, at the back of his mind, he knew that there is a reason they are teaching me these things. It is, in his own mind, he knew that I had to deliver the children of Israel. But it was not at the right time of God. God has got his own time, and he will always come on the scene at the right time. So Moses tried by himself, but that is why he made a mistake. He ended up killing a person 
And it was not supposed to be that way. Amen? Amen. And he says now, he's always on time. If we can just be like that, or we try to push the thing, we try to make our time, but we can never do that. God makes it on his time. We can't make it any different. He says, now notice, in the message, the spoken word is the original seed, paragraph 423. He says, notice how God did not move Israel until his own appointed time. He says, now listen, this is going to mean something. Joshua waited for that time. So God didn't move his own his his own children in Egypt until his own appointed time. So it didn't matter how much they prayed. It didn't matter how much uh, Moses tried upon himself. But until his own appointed time, nothing was supposed to happen. He says, now Joshua waited for that time also. No matter how, how much people might have said, God gave us the land, the promise Let us go now and take it, Joshua. Amen? Amen. So it didn't matter how much they put pressure on on Joshua. They said, no, let us go now. God gave us the promise. So God can say something, but we have to wait upon his own appointed time. And then we mustn't even be in a hurry, because that is why I say, that is where the problem comes, the waiting period. Now, where we just read, if you understand the scriptures, brother, I mean, the Bible says there was a man called King Saul. And the Bible says, now there was a prophet in the land by the name of Samuel. And Samuel gave this man, this king, the word of the, of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord that go and stay in Gilgal for a period of seven days. Amen. Amen. And then while he was there in Gilgal, he says, now upon the seventh day, I will come and I will make the bent offering for the Lord. He says, don't do it and don't go to war without that. But Saul took it upon himself. And the Bible says, now Saul, and then he saw himself while he was there in Gilgal, and he saw the people, they were scattering out, they were scattering they were going away from him until he saw himself being alone there. Because they saw the, the Philistines were gathered together, they were ready to fight. And the Bible says now, while he was there, he was looking and then he was waiting for Samuel to come. And Samuel never appeared in Gilgal. Amen? Samuel didn't come in Gilgal. And Samuel saw the people, he saw the Philistines, they were ready to fight. And he saw the people, now the people were afraid. The Bible says some, they went into the pits. Samuel, some, they went into the cave. They scattered away. Amen. And the king was there. And he was thinking, what must I do? Now that is the waiting period that he was now supposed to wait. But he failed to wait upon the Lord. And the Bible says now, he took it upon himself. And the Bible says, immediately after he made a bend over, immediately, immediately after he has done it, he says, Samuel appeared. So according to Saul, the Lord was, Samuel was late. He didn't come on time, but God was on time. 
the prophet of God, he was on time. He came right at the right time. He was on time. So he could have just waited, but he failed to wait. And then after he has done what he has done, and Samuel told him, told him that now your kingdom will no longer continue because you didn't follow what? The commandment of the Lord. Because Saul failed to wait upon the Lord. Amen? So we mustn't take things according to our own perspective, but we need to wait. Amen? We need to wait upon the Lord. And he says now, they might have said, Joshua, you lost your commission. And that's how people are. And that's what they were saying to Saul. So Saul, in actual fact, the people came to him and said, hey, we're going to leave you. If you don't do that bent offering, and then before the Philistines come upon us, then we're going to leave. Amen? Amen? So that is why now he was there instead of going there and going on his knees and praying upon the Lord, and then he took it upon himself to please what? To please what the people wanted. That God is always on time. He has never been late. Amen? So things might seem out of hand, but God will come and answer at the appropriate time. He says, now, you have lost your commission, Joshua. You are all washed up. Why are you not doing something you used to do? You used to do. No, that saith the Lord in a moment. And what was the will of God? But this wise God sent prophet knew the promise of God, but also knew that to wait for that promise, a clear-cut decision from God for his time. A clear-cut decision for his time. Just let us go, go back in the book of Genesis just to, 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 <clears throat> to, to see certain things here. We all know that there was a man called Abraham. And God called this man, and then he came out of his own place because he believed in God. And Brother Brenham says now, this man called Abraham, now God gave him a promise to have a son. Amen? And we know that he he was given a son called Isaac. Now, but when God gave him a promise, now Abraham, we know that he stuck at no to this promise. But we know that the Bible says, now Sarah being his wife, some other time when he saw that between the time that the, the God spoke the word and the fulfillment of what he, he was promised, and then that, that period that he was supposed to wait, something happened today. Amen? That is why I say now, the waiting period becomes a problem for a lot of people. We can't wait. We want things very quick. You know, people want to, we, we don't want to, there is a process for anything. I'm told that if you want to be a doctor, we all, you know, sometimes you, there is a seven years that you need to go through it. So we all have those wishes that we want to have. We want to be doctors or whatever that we want to be, but we don't want to go through the process. The process is a problem that we don't want to wait. And there is no way that you'll just become a doctor. In the message called Brother Brenham says, from that time, Brother Brenham says, now we need to do things according. We need to play the game according to the rules. 
He says, even if you go into a particular marathon and you run, you become first, but you didn't run according to the rules. He says, at the end of the race, you will be disqualified. You can't just run the race as you wish. There are rules there that you need to follow them. And the messenger of the hour, he says now, there are rules of life also. You can't just do things the way you want. You have to follow the rules of life. Amen. Amen. Now, he says now, you need to play the game according to the rules. Any game that you want to play. He says he was playing a boxing. There are rules there that you need to follow when you play that particular game. You go to a particular doctor, then there is a prescription that they give you. You need to follow that particular prescription. So there is a process for anything. If you've got a wound, there is a process how the wound will be healed. You can't just be, have a wound and instantly it's healed. There is a process that you need to follow. Amen? So that is why we say, now this waiting period, it becomes a problem for people. People can't wait anymore. They want things and they want things now. That's not how God works. He's always on time. And it doesn't mean when, before God's time come and the people will come and tell you. They will come and preach any other gospel to you. That we all believe that God made a promise but not so long. That is why they came to this Abraham and even his own wife, he says, I know God spoke to you that you're going to have a son. Are you sure it's through me? So imagine if his wife came about, imagine how the other people that he was going to church with. Imagine the other people that was his own relatives. The old man at the age of 70, 80 years, saying I'm going to have a child. Amen. Amen. So the people came and say, no, we understand Abraham. We understand what God said to you. And we don't deny that God spoken to you. He said you are going to have a son, but not through Sarah. And Sarah herself said, you are going to have a son, but not through me. So during that waiting period, Abraham has done something that we still struggle with even today. So he went into Hagar and he had a child called Ishmael. And since that time, even today, they still now in the Middle East, there is no peace because of what? The decision that has been made by Abraham. He couldn't wait upon the law. So the waiting period, it's very important. We need to wait because God will never be, he, he's always on time. So Sarah do the same thing. <clears throat> Amen. But God came at the right time here. And at the right time, he gave him the right son. Gave him Isaac. God said that, that I'm going to give you a child. And he gave him the promise and then he fulfilled that promise at his own time. At the appointed time of God. Amen. Yeah, some, some, 
You see, God does things that very unusual things. And the same child, when you read the Bible, Brother Branham says, now when you read the Bible, he says, now the same child that was given as a, of a promise, and then God come around and say, you must make a sacrifice with this son. He never even told Sarah that I'm going to make a sacrifice now. Because I think Abraham realized that now we've got Ishmael just because of Sarah. I wonder now he's going to allow me to do that. Amen? Amen. And at the right time, what happened, God brought, a, God brought a ram at the right time. But you need to go through a particular test before God can come on the scene. God will not just come on the scene. He has to give you a promise. There has to be something. You have to go into the wilderness. Amen? Look, Brother Brenham says when he talk about Jesus Christ, he says, now after, the Bible says now, after he was baptized, he says the Holy Spirit, the Spirit took him into the wilderness to be tested of the devil. That is now in between. That is the waiting period that he has. Between that, there has to be your own wilderness there. So he didn't go there willingly. The Bible says after, immediately after he was baptized, the spirit took Jesus Christ into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. So he was there and the devil was tempting him. It was not his own desire. So it's not about us that no, I want to be tested in this way. No, it's about the spirit will take you. You have your own wilderness. You'll be tested in your own way. So Abraham also, it happens the same thing that he was there. Now God said, take the same child and make an offering with him. Amen? Amen. Now when, after he passed the test, and God came on the scene. And he gave him what? The ram that, that is the one that is a substitute that you need to kill it. Amen? So, but God will let you go through your own test. Now we look at uh, these guys, you look at... um, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had to make a decision. That whatever happens to us, but we will stay with the weight. Now, Brother Brenham says now, it's not about just we will stay with the weight. You have to be tested for that. Now, he says now they had to go into their own wilderness also. They had to be tested. Now, the king had to make a decision. And say, if you don't bow as according to my own commandment, now you are going to the furnace. Yeah. What did, did they ever knew? They didn't know that they were going to be rescued by God. They said, even if we die. Amen. And God allowed them to go through that process. That is the waiting period there. Before God come on the scene, you have to be tested there. So he's always on time. He was never late. He came into that furnace. They say when he, then they push them into that furnace. When they get there, God at his own time. He was always, he will always be on time. And at the right time, God was there. He was walking amongst them there at the right time. But before he can appear, if he did that with, with himself, he has to be tested before he can come. If this um, Abraham had to be tested, everyone of us 
had to go through the same. He has to go through his own wilderness. Amen? Now he says here, God, he says, now watch. When the time come, God gave it to Joshua who stayed with him. By the word, for he could not trust others. He could trust him. So will it repeat. Now let's go back a little bit again. You see, when, when Moses was given this, he knew that he was a deliverer. He tried by all means. He went through. He, he was educated. He did everything that he can. He made sure that he, when he was at the military, he, da, he does his best. That I need to learn more because I have to do something here. I need to deliver to children of Israel. Now, he tried his own way, he failed. But watch when God comes. He just gave him what a stick. A simple thing. So when you, when you do something on your own, you're going to struggle. It's not yet God's time. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go through that and that. You're gonna, but when God comes on the scene at his own time, things just going to go very smooth. When God came and now spoke to Moses and said, no, this is a stick. Take this stick and go and, and deliver them. And he was only alone. He didn't need any military. He didn't need any experience. He didn't need anything. So it was just as easy as it is that take the stick and go and deliver my own people. And he came there and says to Pharaoh, now let, them, let my people go. A simple thing. He doesn't need to kill. He doesn't need to fight. He doesn't need to do any other thing. He just goes there and tells the king that, let my people go. Amen? Amen. So that was the right time of God. And then he's always, that's why I say he was coming at the right time. He will come there, and then there were tests. We know that after that they came out, and then there was also, when they came into the wilderness, then there was a Red Sea. And at the right time, God came and and he took them through. Amen? At the right time. But after people, they've already said whatever they want to say about Moses. Because the waiting period becomes the problem for the people. They can't wait. It's not only the people of today. Even the older people, they couldn't wait. Remember what Moses went. He went, God told him that he must come and get the Ten Commandments. What happened after that? few days, Moses went into the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. People, after that, the people were there. They were making their own gods. They were singing. They were doing their own things there, saying Moses is no longer coming down. People can't wait. We can't wait for anything. Whatever that we want to be, he wants to be done what? Now. Amen? Amen. We want it to be done now. So he says here now, like the mighty anointed prophet Moses knew God would use him, for he had proved Moses to be his servant by his peculiar birth at the right time that, that deliverance for Abraham's seed was at that time. Are you getting it? Moses never stayed in Egypt and argued his scriptural points with them. 
He never fasted with the priests, but he went to the wilderness and waited on the Lord until the people was ready to receive him. He had come to testify of them, but they would not receive him. God called his prophet to the wilderness. So they couldn't receive him. In actual fact, they were the ones that even they told the Egyptians that it's Moses that killed the person. They couldn't receive him. It was not the right time. Amen. So certain things, they happen because it's not, it's not, we have to wait upon the Lord. Even if we don't understand what is happening at that particular time, but if we trust in him, we need to wait upon him. It's not that everything that we need to understand, sometimes we need to, as the Bible says, we, 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 need, to, we need to walk by faith. So faith cometh by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. But doubt also comes by hearing. It's not only that faith cometh by hearing, yes, doubt cometh by hearing also. You see, sometimes when you hear a lot of doubts and you hear a lot of people that they say a lot of negative things, they, come, they, 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 they impact on you. I was reading a book and then about a criminologist. And then they, they, they say something there. They say, if you are a person, maybe you go into a particular group of people. Or let me just quote as it is here. He says, when men first come into contact with crime, in other words, when you see a crime for the first time, they abhor it. In other words, they, they criticize it, they get disgusted with it, they become very impatient that, no, this is not the right thing. That is when they come into contact with what? With crime for the first time. And if they remain in contact with the crime for some time, they become accustomed to it. Now, if you stay in a particular village, say, hey, this village is, is full of crime. You don't see anything. You don't see it. You are used to it. So they say, now, you get into contact for the first time, then you abhor it. You don't understand it. You feel uncomfortable with it. And then you, you don't understand that what is happening. They say, if you remain with contact for a, for a time, they become accustomed to it, and they enjoy it. They become patient with it. And if they remain in contact with it long enough, they finally embrace it and become influenced by it. Right. It's not only crime. Any environment that you come in contact with, amen, amen, you read what the prophet says about Lot. He says now, when he went into uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, he says now, the spirit or the soul of Lot was vexed by the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, every single day what was done in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, it gets into his soul slowly, gradually, until he sees nothing different there. Amen? Now he says, now they say, now when you get into contact with crime, at the first you say, no, this is not right. But if you remain there, then you start now understanding that that is the, you understand why are they committing crime, these people? 
you start understanding it. And later they influence it, you become part of it. So anything, that is why they say, how can the two work together? The Bible says, how can the two work together? Is that you can't work with people that they say certain things that are wrong. Amen? So if you've got a company of people that are unbelievers, you are always amongst them. They will say whatever that they are saying. And then at the, initially you will say, no, brother, you mustn't say these things. But when you stay there amongst those people, you will end up understanding what they are saying in actual fact. And you will even come and tell us the reasons why are they doing these things. Amen. Remember, I think it's the pastor that read the scripture where Paul says, whatever that I want to do, I do it. I, I can't do it. But something that I don't do it, that's the things that I, the things that I don't want to do them. These are the things that I do them now. Now, Brother Brenham says, now because we know that the soul, something that is inside of a human being, is the control board. It's the one that controls a human being. Anything that you listen to, anything that you fit on, is the one that will be able now to, 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 to appear in your life. Amen? Now, now, that is why now you see people start talking like other people, walking like other people, because they admire those particular people. They will sing like them, they will talk like them, they will walk like them, they will do any other thing like them, because they listen too much to those people. Amen? They will act like them. And then if somebody now listens to the message of the hour, listen to the Bible, to Christ, he will do the same also. He will talk like Christ. He will walk like like Christ. He will act like Christ. Amen? So the Bible says here now, I mean the, the prophet says here now, now he never argued scripturally points with them. He never fast with the priest. He just went into the wilderness and he waited there until people was ready to receive him. Now Moses, he did that. He wanted to deliver them, but at the wrong time, it wasn't God's appointed time. Amen? He had come to testify of them, but they would not receive him. God called his prophet to the wilderness. God had testified he had chosen him, but the waiting was not by Moses, but for the people to get ready to receive Moses. So it was not only about about Moses also. The people had to get ready. They need to get fed up with this Egypt. They were still enjoying themselves. At that particular time, God will not, they will not even listen to Moses when he comes and say, let us go out of Egypt. Because they are still enjoying themselves. So certain things happen for a reason. Now the reason why they start crying, they're doing all these things. Egypt, the, the reason why Pharaoh also was treating them the way that it is for them to realize that there is God somewhere. There is a place somewhere that we are supposed to go. There is a promise somewhere that God gave unto our fathers. Amen. But as long as we are relaxed, nothing will happen. We are not ready to receive anything. So before God can call upon his prophet, he had to make the people ready to receive him. Moses thought the children would understand that what, what he was sent for. But so it is now. Amen? 
So that is why I say, now it all depends where you are and then at the, at the right time or at the, at, at, at the wrong time. Now look at the story of David. But before I go to David, I just want to call your attention upon this man called Joseph. Now Joseph, he had a dream. And we know that he spoken to his dad about it, his father and his own um, <clears throat> brethren about it. And even his father rebuked him about that, that. What do you think that me and your brothers will bow before you? Now, at that particular time that the dream or the promise was given to Joseph, and until the promise was fulfilled, I want you to look at the life of Joseph. He had to be rejected and be sold by his own brothers. So it was a difficult thing that he has to go through. He had to sell him to the Ishmaelites. He had to go to prison. He had to, Joseph had to go through all these tests before the promise can be fulfilled. Imagine for him going to, I mean, to prison. It's quite un, unfortunately or unfortunate that other people were not around, that he told them about the dream. In actual fact that I'm going to be like a king, people will come and bow before me. Imagine his brothers, if we were there, they were there and he was in prison. They will tell him that we told you, look where, where you are now. <laughs> but unfortunately, or fortunately, they were not there. Amen? Amen? So, but the promise had to happen. But he was there. And he was thinking to himself that, but will it ever come to pass? What God told me, what, what, what I saw in the dream. Amen? But Joseph, while he was there, I want you to notice something. While Joseph went to prison, the Bible says he prospered when he was there. So it doesn't matter where you are. As long as you remember the promise of the Almighty God, wherever you will be, God will make sure that you prosper. So he was amongst the unbelievers. His own people were not around, but he knew that I'm a son of God. I'm a son of the promise. There's got to be something special about me. I'm not an ordinary Joseph here. I'm just not an ordinary person here. I'm a special kind of a person. And he walked with that particular thing. And that is why he prospered wherever he was. And Brother Brenham says, as a son and a daughter of God, wherever you are, you will prosper. Amen? Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, even wherever you, even if you are at work, you must be proud of yourself that I'm a son and a daughter of God. The reason these people are prospering around me is just because of me, because I'm the son of the almighty God. The neighbors around you, sometimes when they are healthy, you need to smile and say, it's just because of me. They are surrounded, they are here around me because I'm a son of God. We need to be happy, we need to be happy. 
when the boss, whosoever, whatever that is happening around you, you need to be happy that the people, the people around me, they are happy because of me here. I'm a blessing to them. Nothing will happen to them because I'm around here as a son of the living God. So that's what happened to this man called Joseph. He was there, and the Bible says, now Potiphar, while he was there, and then they gave him work that he must come and look after the garden, and then whatever that he was looking after, he was prospering. If you say, no, this is the, the field that Joseph must look after, it will not be the same as the other ones. The one for Joseph, you will see that is different from the other ones. You know that Brother Brennan says, as a child of God, whatever that you do, you must do it the best of your knowledge, the best of your ability. Hello? Sons and daughters of God, you mustn't be like other people. You are at work some other time and then they say, ah, Mulungu is not there. And they spend time doing whatever they are doing, you are doing the same thing. You must tell them, I'm here to work. Amen? The reason I'm here, I'm here to work. That's what I do always. I always make sure that I do things in a different way. Amen? So other people, they will be there and say, ah, well, and then he's just the same also. And then you need to be different. Do things in a particular way because you are a son of God. You know that the reason that even these people, they still have work is because of me. Because I'm a son of God. Amen. The reason why this brother Branham says, the reason why God didn't destroy this earth is just because of me and you. You mustn't be ashamed of that. The reason that these people, they still walk around there is just because we are there. The day we leave this earth, God will come and destroy it. Amen. And God will come at his own time. And he's always on time. Now there was a man called David. He was a young man with an experience in God. And this young man, one day, his own dad sent him to go and check his own brothers. And the Bible says they were there with the Philistines to have a fight. There was a battle that was going on there. And they were there with their own king called Saul. The Bible says, now this man called, there was a great man and a giant who was called Goliath. This man, while he was there, he was coming every morning and every afternoon, he will come and say, give me a man. The Bible says the Israelites were trembling when they see this man. When they hear his voice, when they look at him. And Brother Bram says sometimes we mustn't go, we mustn't. You see these things that we look, we hear, they're the things that sometimes take us astray. But the Bible says we must walk by faith or not by looking at certain things. Because they bring fear unto us. 
Now they forgot about the Almighty God. Instead, now they look at this man every morning and they started talking about him even their own camp. Instead of talking about God, how he did great things, he did mighty things, they started talking about the enemy in their own camp. Testifying about the enemy, how great the enemy is. The Bible says now, when this man came, and then they were, even, they were trembling, these people. Even those who didn't see, this, they just heard how strong he is. Even their king, he was afraid of this man. The sons and the daughters of God. Testifying about how great the devil is. In their own camp. The sons of God. The Bible says this man came and said, give me a man. Oh, give me a man. If it happens that I win against that man, and then you will be our servants, and the same applies to you. And they had a general amongst them, and his name was Saul. The Bible says now they were there. And none of them wanted to take on this man. Because of their testimony. Was negative. Their testimony was negative. None of them was coming with an experience that since I knew God, I know that He's always on time. And I since I knew God, I know that He's always with us. I knew that God never abandoned His own children. Instead, they were they were testifying about this great man called Goliath. A lost touch with God. And Brother Brenham says, until when you mention the word Goliath, people were just trembling. But God has never been late. And all these things happened. It happened that God put in a man a, a desire that I want to understand what is happening with my sons. And I will send this young man to go and just, just, just know where are my sons, what is happening with them. And David went there with an experience. He went there and then when he came there at the right time, God came. And then at the wrong time for Goliath and the devil, he came boosting. You know how the devil is? He's always boosting about himself. You look at the different characteristics between David and Goliath. Goliath was saying, give me a man. And the testimony of David was, um, he says, God will deliver me, will deliver this man in my own hands. And Brother Brenham says in the message, and welcome Christ, he says, the greatest enemy for a human being is that I, I. It's the great weakness, it's the great sickness for a people. I can do these things. And where is God if you can? And the enemy was boosting about himself. That morning when he boosted about himself, and there was a young man that came into the camp. At the wrong time for the enemy, at the right time for the almighty God. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
He's got the courage to swear or to swear at the, at the, at the host of God. He says, I will go and fight this man. Amen. <clears throat> and Brother Brenham says now, at the right time, God was never late. And he came there at the appointed time. And he went there to fight this giant called Goliath. And he killed him. Amen. And David, we know that he had a testimony. There was a lion one time that came. He had an experience. He knew that I killed a lion not with my own hands because God delivered the lion into my hands. So whatever that we are doing, we must understand that there is God somewhere. And we need to be thankful for that. We can still be able to come to church. We can still be able to say we are healthy. We can still be able to say, I mean, how many accidents that happen outside. Sometimes we need to raise our hands every morning and say, thank you, almighty God. That is an experience that we want from the saints. You can't go there and kill a lion like David. You must have your own experience. That I'm healthy, praise God. The children are healthy. My wife is healthy. Everybody around me is healthy. My neighbors are healthy. I thank you, God. Sometimes we take things for granted. How many people die along the road now? can go and listen to your radio, you'll hear that there's an accident around this R555. It happens, people are dying. But we drive every single day on that road, nothing happens to us. If it happens, it's God's appointed time. And you still raise your hands and say, let thy will be done. Amen. Amen. And he came there, David, and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's got the courage to, to say whatever he says to the children of the promise. And the Bible says, David said, I'll go and fight this man. And he brought his own experience. He says, there was a bear one day that God delivered this bear into my own hands. At the right time, God killed Goliath. Amen? <clears throat> and Brother Brenham says here, and then now, in the message, the reproach for the cause of the word, paragraph 81, and God sets a time and has a purpose for everything that he does. Amen. God sets a time. God has got an appointed time. And God has a purpose for everything that he does. He doesn't just do things. There is a purpose why he does a particular thing. Even if you are sick, there will come a time that God will heal you. He does that for a particular purpose. There is nothing happens just accidentally to those who love the Lord and are called according to his calling. Nothing accidentally. See, we are predestinated and everything works just right for that. Because he cannot lie. And he said that was so that everything has its time. Everything has its season, and it has its way. Amen? 
There is winter, there is summer, there is spring, and human beings will always complain. It's winter, it's cold. Summer is too hot. That's a human being. Complain until you complain about yourself. Just complain. It's summer, you praise God. It's, it's summer. God knows why it's summer. There is a reason. God doesn't just do things like us. When it's summer, God knows why it's summer. It's winter, that is why. And God will provide you with oranges that you don't have flu. He's the provider. He knows what to do these things. It's why they are in winter, those things. They happen for a reason. They are not just there for it. And God is behind every move. And sometimes you think that everything is going wrong. It is, uh, it is up to us. Our perspective is not right. Just everything seems to be wrong the way we see things. Those things are upon us. Trials and wanderings. It is testing to see how we react on an action. Hmm? Sometimes. It all... You see, certain things happen for a reason. You know, Brother Brenham says, sometimes, he says in the message, I think, if I'm not crisis, the mystery, he says, Brother Brenham says, you must just be a sweet bunch of people. You must always stick together. And Brother Brenham comes and says, because Satan will come. He says, amongst you, you'll shoot somebody with a brother with a poison. And it's for a particular reason he does that. And then we'll start, you say, just cling together and pray together. Certain things will happen in your family. Certain things will happen in church. Certain things will happen anywhere where you are. The devil will come, will test that particular thing. Amen? Amen. Not how things happen, it's how you react to the certain things. See how people react to situations. Sometimes we, are for, we forget that we are sons and daughters of God. How we react to certain situations taken by events and raising hands and doing whatever that we do. Amen? But those things are put upon us. Trials and wanderings. It is testing to see how we will react on an action. So we need to react differently. Things will happen. Things will happen. Trials will come. And God will never tell you how your trials is going to be. It's different from a brother somewhere here. And it will be different from Abraham's trials. And it will be different from Jacob's. It will be different from David's. It will be different from what happened to Jesus. It's your, yourself. But it all depends how we react on those things. Amen? Amen. So we need to react with the Spirit of God. Amen? And Brother Brenham says now, we need to react differently. So I was just telling you that whatever that you do, you need to do it the best of your capability. Amen. The best. Was a certain man, I think it's Martin Luther, he said, if I sweep the street, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll make sure that I sweep the street until when you, you see uh, it's different today. The person that was sweeping here is different. It's not an ordinary person. 
So I'm told that we are a we are special breed of people. We are special people, not only upon the weight, but anything that we are doing, we need to do it differently. Consistently. No, that when there is no consistency in a man, there is something wrong with him. That's that tomorrow he does something else. Never trust such a person. In network, they talk about consistency. If you treat this person this way, and then you treat the next person the same way, there is consistency. And you need to do the best of your knowledge, the best of your capability. That's what you do. You are doing the service to God. The message the Hebrews brother Branham says, now you serve God when you do that. Amen? says you worship God by doing that. When you see your brother not having something, then you worship God by providing to your brother. Amen. When you see your brother being sick, he says you worship God by praying for your brother. When you see any other thing, brother Branham says in the message Hebrews, he says now you go there, you worship God by doing that. Let me close. The message, the super side, paragraph 10. I quote, God knew the end from the beginning. Therefore, he could plan everything that it would work out just to his glory. And that gives us courage to know that no matter what comes or goes, God is making everything. The clock is ticking just exactly on time. Sometimes we get weary. Sometimes we get upset. We get hurry. We think, oh, we must do this or do that. But remember, God's clock will just exactly be on time. All these things has to be this way. It has to all be done according to his great knowledge. His foreknowledge. For by for knowledge you could predestinate, not by his desire, but by his knowledge. God doesn't predestinate by his desire. He's not willing that any should perish, but by his foreknowledge he knew who would accept it and who would not. Therefore, he can make everything work accordingly to his big time clock that is ticking away, for he could foretell the end from the beginning. And therefore, he knew that we would live in this day. He knew that this would be our day. He has plans for this day. He has plans for every day. And never has one of his plans ever failed. He is always on time. Let's stand on our feet. Amen. God is always on time. Whatever that you are going through, whatever that sickness you may have, whatever challenges that you may have, God is always on time. He just wants to see our reaction, but he is always on time. He will be always be on the scene. And it's always on time.
Let us sing a song, brothers, which is God bless. If you can step forth, my brother, and just close the service with a word of prayer, let us remember that God is always on time. Amen? It is never too late. Brother Brenham says in the message, the resurrection of Lazarus. When you think of what happened to Lazarus, and people were thinking, how many days? It was five days or seven days, but God was... Always on time, amen. Let's sing a song, brother. 
Brother Mushabi, step and bless us with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. See Father, with expectation in our hearts that you're going to speak to us, Father. Yes, Lord. And you surely didn't disappoint us, Father. Mm. You came, Father, and spoke to our hearts. Yes, You Father. came and touched our souls. And mm. when we come, Father, we can be like those saying disciples who are moving on to Emmaus. Yes, Lord. That when they said that, when you spoke to them, they said, Father, what it was mm. wonderful when you spoke to them, Father. Even this morning, Father, we can attest to the same thing. That when you came, Father, and unraveled your mysteries unto us, Father, mm. it, was a, it was wonderful, Father. Yes. You came, Father, and showed us that our life has a purpose. That, Father, whenever you, have, you are with us, Father, we should not be afraid, Father. It reminded me of the uh, widow woman, Father, who Elijah visited, Father. Yes. That woman, Father, was there with his last flower, with his child, Father, preparing mm-hmm. a last meal for himself, for herself and for a child. But because you are always on time, Father, you brought a servant, you are servant to her, Father. That when they, when they came, he came, Father, he asked of that same flower that before you can prepare a meal for yourself, prepare yes, it for Lord. me. Then when the woman uh, listened to the prophet, listened to the word of the Lord, Father, Mm. the the, the, the flower, Father, couldn't run out. The oil that she had couldn't run out, Father. But the the time, Father, when they were preparing for death, you came, Father, and you became life to them, Father. Even this time, Father, when we are here, Father, we know that, Father, our life, Father, each and every trial and tribulation we might be going through, each and every wandering, like the brother Brandman says, Father, what we might be going through, Father, it it is for a purpose. Mm. The purpose, Father, is for you, Father, to come and tell 
test us mm. so yes, that we Lord. may become of the quality, Father. It's like Brother Brahman says, Father, that mm. even gold, before you can get pure gold, you have to mm. heat at it. You have to pound it, Father. You have, it has to get a pounding, Father. That is why even, Father, we as the children, Father, we sometimes get trials that may pound us, Father, into be, to, so that we... Uh, 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 at the end of the day, Father, we may be able to come and reflect yes. you, Father. Yes. That we may be your reflection, Father. Unless the, the, the grime and the dead may be beaten out of us, Father, we may, be, we may never be able, Father, to reflect you. That is why, Father, you come and you try us. You come, Father, you put us through the fire. That is why even those Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were thrown through the fire, Brother Bram says, Father, they were walking. Each yeah. and every staff, when they were approaching the fire, yes. they, were, they were looking at their end of days, Father. But mm. on time, you were there, Father. Amen. When they were thrown yes, into the fire, when the fire was raging, it was so raging, Father, that even the people who threw them into the fire, it mm. consumed them. Yes. But when they went into the fire, even Nebuchadnezzar, when he had to stand up, because there was somebody there with them. It was not only the three guys who were there, Father, but there was a fourth man in the fire. Yes, and Father, amen. that is the, what, what you have done for us, Father. That whenever, Father, we go through trial and tribulation, Father, there will be a fourth person, you, yes. coming into our yes, life, Lord. Father, coming to rescue us, Father. Yes, that is why, Father, this morning, Father, we are so grateful, Father. Mm. And we are so grateful that even in this end time, Father, you have shown us and given us the prophet, Father, for this mm. message, Father, so that this message it might shine the light for us, Father. That whatever, Father, we may be going through, Father, that light might be shined through for us, Father, so that we may be able to prevail. We pray, believing in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen, brothers. Uh, one of the songs that you must sing, uh, I think it was a, no, no. It's a, it's a great day, something like that. Wonderful day. Amen. God bless you um, till we meet again. Amen. The pastor will be back on Wednesday. Let's pray for him that he has a traveling mercy and other believers that are there. God bless you.
sing one more and then go. It's a wonderful day. Oh yes, it's a wonderful day. Wonderful day. Yeah. 